Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is sports time as we are talking Aki Aki Aki. It is playoff time in the National Hockey League. Joining me today is Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm, I'm ready for playoffs. I'm ready to be heard again. Mm-hmm. So here we are after a long, 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 and did I mention long regular season? In the National Hockey League, good lord, the the NBA began their second round today, for God's sake, and we haven't we 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 haven't even yeah dropped NHL started the, later than normal, and plus they they scheduled in that Olympic break there, which true yeah, which pushed it back. It's yeah, just it was, it's, it perhaps it was optimistic, but like the dog the 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 April the the month of April was I can't even imagine what it was like in uh, being because you're a fan of an Eastern Conference team I can't imagine what it was like being in that Eastern Conference because we've known what those teams so since, since the middle of December who the eight yeah. who the eight teams are going yeah I mean there was a little we bit of jockeying until position that went down last day but it, it's but yeah, still and, and that's fine position jockeying is fine but like there was just literally no like it, it may be the worst playoff race we've ever seen in the league like yeah. we've just no for four months who the teams were going to be like i just don't think we've seen a conference at least in the like you know you go back to the 21 team era when you know uh you know 16 out of 21 teams made the playoffs and you're like okay there would have been some bad divisional races that year granted but uh at least in the uh since we've decided this be a conference so since 1994 i think this is the worst uh the worst race there's ever been yeah, I, easily. I can't. I can't think of one that is even remotely close. We, like you said, we knew who the eight East teams were in January, in or sorry, in mid December. In and uh, in, in the West, it really. I mean, we we pretended for a little bit there. I think ultimately, just for the sake of entertainment, like Vancouver and Winnipeg yeah. had outside shots, but it was really just Vegas, Dallas, and there Nashville. Were yeah, fighting yeah. for that last even spot, then, right? Vegas, like it got pretty. It got to the point, I want to say, in the middle of March, where you were looking at Vegas's chances, and you're like, "Well, this, the math does not look good for you guys here." Because no. Dallas had a bunch of games in hand and all that stuff. So, I, I don't want to say Vegas was a complete long shot, like, but I think their their playoff odds went below fifty percent at some point in the middle of March, and they never got back above. Yeah, I, I think I think the highest I saw them get on Money Puck was. There, there was a game where Dallas dropped. I think it was the game after they had the crazy comeback against Chicago. Vegas, Vegas had the crazy. Vegas was down three nothing against Chicago. Came back and won it. It was the, the. I believe that was when uh, Dadnov scored no T. Yeah, Dadnov scored no T. Like two days after he was supposed to be traded, and Dal or it was like a week. It was sometime within the week of when he was supposed to get traded, or he was traded, and then the trade was uh, illegal, so it was rescinded, and then. Dallas biffed a game against like the Habs or somebody tear one like Buffalo, one of the bottom three teams. They just biffed a game, and then it looked like oh crap, there it is. Dallas just choked off their their spot there, right? And and Vegas is off the mat with this stupid Dadnov goal, and then nah, it just it just it just never happened. Vegas just. They uh they they spread themselves too thin. They they traded for for they they made too many superstar type moves and they they just they didn't have enough depth to survive injuries. They got a little stars and scrubsy with the roster. I think that's ultimately what the I mean we could do a little Vegas post mortem here if we want, but it, it like because I mean not since the 2011 Vancouver Canucks, Craig has a has the internet come together to 
spit on a team's grave quite like the 2022 Las Vegas yeah, Golden Knights. And, and, and I agree with that entirely. I think that that is, uh, that is absolutely the case. Now, that being said, I was not a Canucks grave spitter because I had no interest in the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup, but that's, Fair. that's neither here nor uh, If the 2011 but, Sharks had them, I'd have been all over it. Tell you that yeah, was yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but that, that, was not a lo- that was not a beloved Canucks roster, that 2011 <laughs> no, no, roster. No, 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 no. It turns out if you have Alex Burroughs and Maxim Lapierre and Ryan Kessler, people don't like your team. <laughs> uh, the, the, the twins were the only redeeming factor on the roster, in fact. True, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the the situation with, with the Golden Knights is fascinating. And, and, and I heard on, on 32 Thoughts, the Highly Listened to Hockey podcast, I've seen some, some, some writers uh, send this thought out that, oh, some other NHL teams are mad at Vegas because they got hoodwinked in the expansion draft. I can tell you right now, that has nothing to do with the Twitter reaction. As no. a fan of an NHL team that wasn't necessarily involved in this, I love the fact that Vegas made other GMs look stupid. As someone who regularly says on podcasts or on the internet or whatnot that NHL GMs are for the most part bad at their jobs, that was a fantastic example for me to point to, where several of them screwed up the same thing over and over again. So that has nothing to do with it for me. For me, it was the following stuff. One, the flurry trade in the offseason. That went down in kind of a gross way. Very bad. Two, uh, they continually were kind of, you know, flipping through guys and trading out on contracts and flipping through guys and flipping through guys. And that was going to catch up to them eventually. And and the, the thing that kind of was the over-the-top portion of it for me was, you know, the Jack Eichel thing. Like, they... Mm-hmm had planned like their plan was salary salary cap shenanigans which are completely legal and but you can still be mad about it because it's dumb i'm mad at the league and i'm mad at them too so yeah that was their plan it it backfired on and that was funny so i think that's why a lot of the internet was happy to see vegas be bad uh the fact that the team's never been bad in their existence also part of it so uh, that's that's at least where it was for me. So, you know, they're they're out of the playoffs and they're going to have some things to figure out this summer. If I were running that team, my honest-to-God answer would be don't do a damn thing. Just run it back with the same group next year and you're probably going to get 100 points. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only thing that they've done... I mean, yeah, Vegas is going to be back right next year and will be a Stanley Cup contender because, like, they had man injuries this year. They had a lot, a lot of injuries into key guys. But that's going to be their problem going forward because, as you suggested, with the turnover that they've done, is they've they've gotten... They got a little star crazy where it's like they, they're... And it's, you know, sadly somewhat ironic that a team from Vegas keeps doubling down and doubling down and doubling down because the whole reason that year one was great Um, from fans' perspective, when they were, at the time, the most beloved team in the National Hockey League, and what a difference a few years makes, uh, was that was a... It was a team of misfit toys, right? It was was the castaways. It was... they, They were so lovable. And they completely tossed away that identity over the last few years in favor of being like, let's sign every superstar we can absolutely get our hands on, while also jettisoning it out the guys that kind of made us our identity and in the end have sacrificed depth. And that's going to be a problem for them next year because on paper, they're going to have a Stanley cup contending roster. The problem is they can't survive injuries. And you look at uh, teams like the Leafs is maybe they could survive a couple injuries. I don't even think a couple. I think they could survive one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Maybe. Maybe because they um, they don't they don't have the depth. If they're missing two guys, that's an entire line, and they don't have the depth right right now. They traded no, they, no, they lost the that away for Eichel. Guys. 
and they don't have the same types of guys in the AHL. Yeah, they should definitely be divesting themselves. The Dadunov trade, the first one, the one that actually went through, the one with Ottawa, that didn't make sense from the second that deal went through. No. Like, why are you adding a $5 million? I know you, I know you sent the holding money the other way, but why are you adding a $5 million player? Like, you couldn't afford to do that, and it came back to bite them. And if they tried to pay a second-round pick to jettison that $5 million player they had acquired. They tried to give that to the Anaheim Ducks. It didn't work out. That was another embarrassment, um, which I don't think was their fault. I think it was the Ottawa Senators' fault, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, either way, it's just it's a, it's a bad situation for a franchise that I, I, I think they'll likely be fine. And look, they're, part of what they're going to do this summer is, like, I don't think Riley Smith is coming back, or at the very least, if he's coming back, other guys are going out. Because that's just the way the the, the math is going to have to work for them. So I think they'll be a little bit deeper because they're going to like they're they're going to lose a couple of guys. Maybe it's going to be Dadunov, maybe it's going to be Smith, maybe it'll be both. But there will be some going to be some guys who are who are on their way out. Yeah, and they're not going to be able to be players in free agency this. Oh no! Right that this is, year, like if they, if they can hypothetically sign Riley Smith before free agency opens and then trade someone after free agency opens, they can do that. But unless they are doing a lot of dealing, like I'm talking about a lot of dealing in free agency, they're not going to be players. You're right. They, 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 like Even the year they got Petrangelo, it was like, mm, I don't know if you can do this. And then they traded a couple of guys after the signing and, and, and made it work. But yeah, I don't think you're going to be seeing Vegas uh, associated with some of the top free agents. Now, here's a scenario that I will posit, although based on his comments this week, it, it's, 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 it seems to be less likely. But is there a scenario where you could see Leonard and some other guys that make money on Vegas going to Montreal in exchange for price and some stuff? That has been posited by a few guys. I know Jay Fresh on Twitter has been uh, that that's his big posit, and you could see it. And which you know brings us back to the Robert Leonard thing is, what do you do with this guy who in, yeah, in, that, on, to, like they got to move on from him if they if they're in a situation where the trust is lost between him and the front office. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to do something with Robin Leonard, which it seems like and it is because that was gross should, no, the I, way they. No, I, yeah. think you're, I think that you'll like look. It was a bit of a bumpy end of the season for him just because he was hurt. But you will find takers for Robin Leonard. I yeah, that is there is not a doubt in my mind that's something they'll be able to do. Oh yeah, he's solid enough. Like, do you tell me the Edmonton Oilers wouldn't take Robin Leonard right now after Mike Smith flames out? Stay tuned. That's uh, <laughs> how the playoffs are going to go. But there's yeah. all sorts of there could be a Robin Leonard conversation that might make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think that. Oh, the last thing I'll say about Vegas is one of the things that has contributed to their downfall is their extremely awful, annoying, cringeworthy social media team that runs their Twitter account. They are. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that, abs- that's why a lot of people don't like the. Uh, the- yeah, and wh- that is so weird that their their Twitter account is so bad that it makes people hate the team. Like it is, it is. Yeah, that is so bizarre to me. Um, yep. uh, let's go through some of the predictions we had before we get into uh, the Stanley sure. Cup playoffs. Would you like to talk about the good conference first or the bad conference that we predicted first, Greg? Let's talk about the good conference first. Let's talk about the good conference. All right, Eastern Conference. We each went seven of eight. Uh, we both had Toronto. We both had Boston. I mean, th- these are in different things. Like we, we like it, Toronto, Tampa, Florida. We all had. We we both had Boston. We both had Washington. We both had Pittsburgh. We um, and I had Carolina, and you had the Rangers. 
the one that we missed is we both believed in the New York Islanders to uh, grab the last yeah. spot in the Metro there. I thought Carolina's goaltending would sink them. I was wrong. Yeah, I had Carolina and you had the Rangers, so that that was where we that was where we flipped and and got them wrong in in believing with the uh, in uh, in believing in and the, the thing Islanders. Is I made money off the fa- like I bet on the Islanders under because it was like ninety something. Yes, it was like high ninety. Might we had the it was ninety nine and a half. I'm staring at it right now. We're yeah. we're gonna go through it in a minute, so which is our. I bet heavily yeah. on the under of the Islanders, and that is a bet that I knew was gonna pay me in November. Like, yeah. I was good in November. Mm-hmm. It was a nice feeling to have five months with a bet that you know you're going to win. Um, and I It's kind of like the opposite now. of our Oakland Athletics bet right now. We're with our yeah. Oakland Athletics under, where we, we have six months of knowing no shot. <laughs> right? like... have no chance of them not covering. Uh, yeah, so I knew that the Islanders were not going to get to 100 points very, very early in the season. It was delightful. Uh, and I still despite the fact that I knew that, hey, wait a minute, this team's not going to be able to score and the goaltending's not going to be good if they get the 100 points, I didn't think to myself, wait a minute, isn't Carolina going to be better than them? So that is uh, kicking my own ass on that one. That was, uh, that was a, a, a poor choice. A poor choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, we believed in the Islanders because like, they, they, they proved to I be tef- they Teflon. They allow few enough goals yeah. that they'd still be able to figure out 94 points. Exactly. And, yeah. No, I was, yeah they, they figured out 80 points or whatever it was. Yeah, it's it's it. We we should have put more stock into the fact that they were starting the season with fifteen road games or whatever they had. Because yeah. in the I, in the no, I thought they would survive that. What I what I did what I what I should have thought harder about was oh man, this is a team that struggled to score a year ago, and Jordan Eberle, who was like one of their big, biggest offensive players, not on the roster anymore. Like, why, why, where, yeah. where, where's my thinking about that? The Islanders wind up with eighty four points. Yeah, even yeah, though yeah, they got just... Vesna level goaltending most years. Ilya Sorokin mm-hmm. provided what in most seasons, not this season, but in most seasons, would be Vesna-level goaltending, and they got 84 points. Yeah, he's going to be top three in voting, right? It's going to be oh, Shesterk and him sure. and somebody for three, right? Saros, probably. Sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so uh, they, scored two, they scored 231 goals this season. Yeah, minus six I don't differential. Care who your goalie is. If that's, if that's a number of goals that you score, you're going to have a bad time, and they definitely did. And and this is what I, I talked to an Island fan on Twitter about this. said, oh, they might be close to the playoffs. He's got to find a way to get a few more goals, which, you know, easier said than done. But let's just say that's true. Are you getting Vezina-level goaltending from Sorokin next year? Maybe. Like, I'm not ruling it out. But that's a big bet to have. To, you know what I mean? Like, it's oof. It's tough to I, repeat I think those things. Franchise, if you look at the cap sheet of that franchise, like, they're going to they have some big decisions to make this summer. They have some big decisions to make on Matthew Barzell this summer. Because the clock is ticking there on having to pay him like a big, big contract. And if they don't want to do that, they're going to have to move him now rather than later. Um, and they've, they've locked in a lot of the guys that are part of this core that are not what you would say offensive skilled players for a very, very long time. Anders Lee is on this roster until the summer of 2026. He's 31 years old. Kyle Palmieri is on this roster for the summer of 2025. He's 31 years old. Like... They are locked. John Gabriel Pajot is on this roster till 2026 at five million a clip. He's 29. Like these are and, and these are contracts, by the way. Pajot has a no trade. Paul Mary has a no trade. It's, it's a modified, but it's a no. Uh, uh, it's it's a no trade going into this summer, a, a half no trade going into the summer. You can you can submit a list of 16 teams. But the point is, they're going to have a hard time moving this guy if they want to move him. So I just don't know what changes you make for the Islanders. 
Like, they are locked into this group for some time. They've got to pay Noah Dobson this summer. Like, I suspect he's going to have to wind up on a bridge deal. That's a mistake for them. They should be trying to get as much turn with him as they possibly can. So they've got a, they've got a difficult summer coming up, I think. But don't worry. They've got Casey Sezika signed for six years. <laughs> yeah, they, they got him. They've got Casey Sezikis locked in until he's 37, so that's fine. Yeah, so they're good there. And Devin Taves is still on the Avalanche. Uh, yeah. like And, and by the way, the, the Avalanche fall apart whenever Devin Taves is not in the lineup. They completely fall apart. It's it's Yeah, uh, that, that's not talked about as one of the worst trades of the last 10 years. It, it is. It they absolutely is. Yeah. Devin Taves. Yeah. Who is going to, like, he's not going to be nominated for the Norse, but he'll get votes. Yeah. And his, like, J, and his, like, yeah. And the, the analytics guys look at Devin Taves and go, like, this guy might be the best defenseman in the league, sort of a thing. It's just not talked about because he's not flashy, right? Because, like, he doesn't, yep. like, put up the points like I Rosie. I saw a and... funny joke when there was the Barzal rumors on Twitter about the fact that they may have some, uh, think about doing something with him this summer someone said trader the avalanche for devon T- devon taves in two seconds yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good one uh western conference yes yes if if the if lou lamorello called up and offered matthew barzell to the islanders for devon taves in two seconds joe sackett hangs up the phone immediately. <laughs> he laughs first he actually yeah. laughs first oh, and then hangs over. up yeah <laughs> if, if he offered a one for one joe sackett hangs up the phone yeah, it's oh bad. Western Conference, Craig. We uh, we didn't do so well. Uh, in fact, we did very poorly. You won. You got four right. I only had three right. The three we shared. Four. Yeah, the three we the three we shared. Edmonton, Colorado, Dallas. Those are the those are the three we had. And then you added a little St. Louis in there uh, as your fourth right. I that I uh, made some money on that over too. That was helpful. Yeah, obviously we both had the Vegas Golden Knights winning the Pacific. That yes. was a whoopsie. Uh, we both had Winnipeg making the playoffs, and oh, we we talk about a Vegas post mortem, man. Did you hear what was going on? What was said during their locker cleanout today? Did you read yeah, some of that on March Twitter today? Oh, and the Jets are going to have a significantly different team going into next season. Like, they have to. That locker room yeah. is toast it is toxic it is just flat out bad they've got a yeah, so yeah. we're talking about a summer where they make hockey trades so like we're, we're not talking about like they're dumping money and trying to get futures we're talking about they're trading guys that are good now for guys that are good now i think that's the type of stuff mm-hmm. we're talking about here which is which is exciting because that'll make for some interesting trades and interesting conversations yeah uh like like and you know what i think the flyers are going to be looking to do stuff like that I think that the Canucks are going to be looking to do stuff like that. So they will have partners for that particular dance. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, Winnipeg, yeah, Winnipeg, we both believed in. And they just, uh, just what a tragic season this was. The locker room is is awful. And yeah, we're, we're going to have a, an extremely different uh, Winnipeg team next year. I would, I would imagine going into next season. They're there. I'm curious to see what their over under is next year. We also both, thought i think maybe we were thinking a little more on the fun side here we both picked the seattle kraken to make the playoffs uh in their first year um i wasn't even thinking that from the fun perspective i just thought the pacific division was garbage yeah and they're uh, yeah that a the pacific division was garbage and b that their goaltending was going to be good and their goaltending was hot garbage absolutely hot garbage i i remember reading multiple multiple 
uh, articles on the score and on Sportsnet and on uh, like the hockey news and other ones. There were there were a lot of there there were more than one that had that were ranking goaltending tandems before the season started, and more than one of them had the Seattle Kraken at number one with the with the Dreger Grubauer combination, and they were goaltending worst goaltending in the league. Absolutely tragic. So that 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 I remember that was what I put stock in. We were both. I remember we were both thinking Pacific's bad. Their goaltending should be good, and it should help them. Kind of like they're going to have a scoring problem, but their goaltending might push them around, push them into well, like a wild card spot. The Los right? Angeles Kings made yeah. the playoffs in the Pacific Division with a plus three goal differential. Yeah. So not great. <laughs> plus three goal differential. That's not what you want. Uh, why couldn't that have been Seattle if the goaltending was just marginally okay? Exactly, and that's basically what the what the Kings got this year, right? Is is quick went into the a little bit into the way back machine, and and put up a few numbers here and there, right? Now, Seattle, but, went, the, the Kings went up with a fifty three x uh, goals percentage at five on five, according to, to to the folks over at Money Puck. Mm-hmm. So like they they were like they were they were a legitimately good team. I don't I don't yeah. want to come off saying they weren't, but if you just look at some of the very base stats of the Kings. In the Pacific Division, I don't think it's unreasonable at all to think Seattle could have done that stuff. The yeah. Kings, the Kings won thirty-five games in regulation. Yeah. Oh, no, like the Kings won thirty-five games in regulation. By the way, Vegas's goal differential plus eighteen. Yes, By one the of way, the higher. Yeah. Vegas expected goals, fifty-two point four five percent. So right about the same ballpark as the Kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and Vancouver like, wasn't too far off team, those numbers this, either, right? This winds up being a team that finishes out of the playoffs while the Kings finished in it. So I don't think it's crazy to think that Seattle could have done something similar to what those two teams did. Yeah, They'd just been either right in the bubble or or, or in. Um, they they didn't score enough. They got 216 goals this season. That's that's not very many, and that's the end of them. Yeah. Uh, we also both had Vancouver making the playoffs. Who? What happened with the you, Vancouver? Bruce, what? Bruce yeah, Boudreau had been coaching the team the whole season. Yeah, and they <laughs> fired Jim Benning over the summer. I'm pretty sure Vancouver would have been in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely it's definitely been the it's definitely been the Benning problem from the get go with this team. Unfortunately, right? Yeah, and and, and like and Rutherford is there's a fascinating off season coming up for Jim Rutherford because that's a guy who likes to make trades and like guy for guy trades. I'm not talking about trade draft picks for dudes. I'm talking about get like guy off my roster for guy on your roster. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That should, that should be, yeah, that should be fascinating. I just, yeah, the Canucks, man, they were so fun after that, after they traded for Brujo with the fans doing the Bruce, there it is. And, and chance yeah. and stuff like, Oh man, that's too bad. That didn't, they didn't, they just didn't have the juice. They made the move. They they pulled the trigger too late. If they pulled it, maybe like even a couple weeks earlier, maybe maybe yeah, we're maybe talking we're about talking something, yep. talking something different. Just just wasn't meant to be. But I I, I think they're they're they have the opposite of what's going on in uh, Winnipeg right now. So I I, I fully expect the Canucks They've if got they a good if five situation now here's yeah. I still think they're gonna they're gonna make some deals. Yeah, oh yeah, they they got a couple of ways to improve, but like it, I'm not I don't think it'll be like anything major, but a couple of additions here and there. This is absolutely a playoff roster yeah, it, next year. Look at this way. Vancouver's best players, Pedersen, Horvat, uh, Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko, I'm pretty sure they're all going to be back with the Canucks this coming season. Yeah. I cannot say that about Winnipeg's best players. No, absolutely not. And Winnipeg needs to get rid of some of those guys cuz some of those guys are are 
they just got to go. They need they need a, they need a whole. That that group has run its course. And yeah, they, they need a whole locker room. Then. Uh the last one that missed uh, by me, only me, and perhaps the the worst call of the uh, of the entire slate that we had here. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. I had them in in a wild card spot. Oh, I do. Yeah, and they were a hot guard. I just I believe I made that pick saying that everything is horrible and hockey is just one of a, a stupid sport and i could just i i was just thinking because they'd signed jones and flurry and i was just like is this stupid team gonna like sneak into a wild card spot even with all the horrible stuff that the franchise did and, and we're gonna have to sit there and watch games in the united center in the playoffs is that the world we're gonna live in and and apparently i chose violence that day when i was choosing my picks. chicago fans are now left cheering for winning one of the top two picks in the lottery because if not their first round pick is going outdoor to columbus ohio yeah it's just an off season coming up in chicago too mm-hmm. fascinating off season coming up there because they're gonna like they were they were like not they were just a legitimately bad hockey team Mm-hmm. 46.75 expected goals at 5 on 5. 26 in the league. Not very good. They had a minus 72 goal differential. Also not very good. Like it's a bad hockey team. It, and and I, I, I the question that you're going to have the two main guys in that roster have to ask themselves this summer, of course, is do I want to be a career Blackhawk? Mm. Or do I want to go somewhere else? And I will say this if I'm a Chicago fan. And I understand that there's a lot of other crazy crap that may have to be considered here, but just give me a second to, to make the point. If you have to shave a few percentage points off of your Stanley Cup probability in 2024, 2025, 2026, and 2027, so Kane and Taves are both career Chicago guys, I'm willing to do that. I said the same thing with Washington last offseason. I'm willing to shave a few percentage points off of maybe we win the Cup the next five years to make sure Ovechkin only plays for Washington. I'd be, I'd be willing to have the same conversation if you are a Chicago fan right now with those two guys. Now, I don't know if that's the way it's going to go. And maybe Kane or Taves or both says, no, I want to go somewhere where it looks like we're going to be good in the next three or four seasons. Cause that's not Chicago very clearly. Um, I don't know how that works out. I don't know how that shakes down, but that's, that's something they're going to have to decide. Patrick Kane to me, and this is just Matt Pierce. Uh, seems to me, he feels more like the guy that would be that would enter the mercenary phase of his yeah career over like, uh, like, uh, like a late career Jerome McGinley situation, where sort of a thing, yeah. Makes his bones with one franchise, and then he goes to Pittsburgh, then he goes to mm-hmm. Boston, then he you know, like yeah, maybe. yeah, that sort of a thing, yeah. Because like yeah, there, there's going to be teams that are, are going to be looking for for veteran guys on one year deals like that. Colorado Avalanche, uh, <laughs> that will be uh, yeah uh, next season, right? So that, that that'll be uh, well. Who, who knows what happens and... with Colorado? If, if Colorado wins the Stanley Cup, maybe they just try to run it back with this exact group of guys. Who knows what happens? Well, but, could certain they, guys are going to be gone, gone though, right? Yeah, like Nazem Kadri's. Gone, gone, and yeah, Burakovsky's, and Burakovsky's probably gone, gone, and and. Uh, but with Kane having one year left at that ten point five. Yeah. Oh, you st- you like when his ten point five comes off the books the same time you're gonna have to give McKinnon his money. Mm-hmm. I that that's maybe a conversation this summer. Yep. Because if you're Absolutely. Blackhawks and you've made the decision that hey we're gonna part ways with these guys, this summer is when you make the deal, right? Because mm-hmm. you're well, like, depa- yeah. they deal the deadline with these guys with 10.5 cap hits. 
going to be close to goddamn impossible. So if you're deciding that these guys are not finishing their careers with Chicago or these guys decide they're not finishing their careers with Chicago, fine. But this summer is when you make that call. Like we're going to we're going to know by September whether that's going to be the plan. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. It's very I'm interesting. I, I, yeah, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see uh, see what happens with the Chicago Blackhawks. There, I, I ultimately put forward one Patrick Kane destination. Ah, uh, throw it out there. Uh, look, I, I know this would be sort of uh, bumping Toronto up Maple Leafs to American team. Voice. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, this is a team that is will, will will shock and appall you. Then you'll think about it for a second and be like, huh? A team that has some cap space. A team that perhaps needs a guy that's the face of the franchise, and this guy would be the face of the franchise, because Patrick Kane is from Buffalo, New York, mm. and maybe that's the spot. That's that, I could see that, yeah. They could sell some Kane, seats. You're thinking to yourself, okay, I'll finish up my career at home. Because look, you don't need to go winning Stanley Cups if you're Patrick Kane. Yeah, he's got you've three. You've done that a lot. Yeah, you've done that a lot. I'm not saying you don't want to win the Stanley Cup. Of course you do. But maybe things other than that kind of come into your thinking. And if you're going to leave Chicago, maybe going home to Buffalo, New York, Mm -hmm. is something that you're willing to consider. Buffalo with a treasure trove of draft picks. Buffalo with a ton of cap space. Buffalo who, again, perhaps needs a guy that's the face of the franchise. Buffalo who um, would probably like to really like to sell season tickets by saying, oh, yeah, Patrick Kane from Buffalo plays for our team now. Come see us. Mm -hmm. And you brought up something there that that makes it a little bit different. That that Patrick Kane and De- and uh, Jonathan Taves potentially moving the Chicago Blackhawks is different from the Jerome McGinley's, the Matt Sundin's, the Ray Borks, who when they entered mercenary mode, were they were yeah. looking for absolutely looking for cups. And if you weren't offering a chance at a cup, you were out of here. Now those guys, now Taves and Kane, each have three rings apiece, six amongst them combined. So maybe their thought process is who's going to pay me the most money, right? Which means... Or, like, just right? where do I legit want to play? We talked about yeah, that too. Think Winnipeg Jets. Jonathan Taves from Winnipeg, Manitoba. There you go. Yeah. Like, again, I'm not saying, like, I just... Is there a conversation to be had if, if it's time for everybody to move on? Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree anyway, more. Anyway, we talked enough about the teams that didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, that's that's it. Um, now, let's head in to the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs. Still with this weird format. Can't wait till we just completely... Eventually, we're going to do completely away with divisions and conferences. We don't need them in NHL or the NBA, quite frankly. And then... Just have 32-team league. Everybody plays each other twice. Hockey shouldn't be 82 games. It's too taxing on the body. It's insane that football's played once a week and they play multiple hockey games a week. Uh, also throw knife shoes into the equation and ice for hockey. Uh, one league, 32 teams, play each team twice, 62 games, seed 1 through 16. That's the future I want to live in. We'll eventually get. We'll eventually come to our senses and get there. But until now, we have this weird format uh let's go uh top to bottom uh bouncing from conference to conference so let's start with the eastern conference matchup number one president's trophy winning florida panthers home ice advantage against the alexander ovechkin led washington capitals craig how the turns have tabled in this one with the florida panthers as the uh the President's Trophy leading team with 
all the pressure in the world and Stanley Cup aspirations. And then here's just a little old Washington team coming in with uh, with uh, just feeling a little footloose and fancy free, maybe primed for a little upset here with, with no actual expectations on their, uh, like, just uh, what a difference a few years in a Stanley Cup will make if you're a Washington Capitals fan. Uh, what do you make of this one? Oh, man. Um, like, everything says Florida, but I, I do have questions about is the goaltending going to hold up? Mm-hmm. Because we've seen this particular goaltender melt down in this situation before. And again, maybe he's going to be great. Against Tampa in 2019, fantastic series for him. But against Tampa in 2021, he barely played because he wasn't playing well enough. Yeah, so I believe they had to go there, to a, a 20-year-old variety, goaltender in that series. What's it again, sorry? I believe they had to go to a 20-year-old goaltender in that series. Yeah, Dreger, Knight, and Bobrovsky all started games. And the series mm-hmm. went seven. The series yep. went seven. Now, one could correctly point out, if they're listening to this conversation, hey, wait, Craig, I know that Bobrovsky has the checkered history, and uh, but wait a minute, Washington's goaltending hasn't exactly been great this season either, and one would be correct. So that's why I'm going to say I am taking the Florida Panthers to win this series in five games, is mm. maybe there are two goaltending meltdowns, and if so, I'll take Florida every single time. I have Florida in four uh, I'm going. I'm going sweep, and you'll that that might be a pattern that's repeated for Matt Pierce. There. I'm going very sweep heavy in this first round here. I think because I don't think teams are fucking around this year, for uh, lack of a better term. Uh, yeah, Florida, they're deeper, they're heavier. Washington's got the experience. Perhaps I'm being a little bit rude in in saying sweep, but uh, Florida gets their first playoff win since 1996, which isn't talked about enough, uh, especially in a podcast that features a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and a Colorado Avalanche fan who have been lambasted for their inability to get out of certain rounds, yet everybody is just so confident that this Florida Panthers team is just going to go? They're just going to go, Craig? Like, oh, the the, the Leafs are going to have to learn how to win playoff times. They can beat teams like Florida. Like, yeah, the last time Florida won a playoff series, like, you know, the GM of the Seattle Kraken was on the other team. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like that's that's something. The owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins was on the other team. Yeah, I was it's say, yeah. Like, so let's just like let's be let's be reasonable about the Florida situation. Yeah, um, I don't I don't. Yeah, I don't get why Florida is just uh, that people are they are people are tripping over themselves trying to come up with reasons why the Colorado Avalanche cannot win the cup and coming up with every, every conceivable reason as to why Minnesota will upset them, Nashville will upset them, Calgary will upset them. And the Florida's Nashville just thing, and I know we're going to get to that series is laughable. Like if Saros yeah. if Saros isn't out there, like that's that there's another sweep, but I I'm sorry to spoil yeah. it, but like the Nashville thing is laughable. Yeah, Florida Florida is is just they're just going to cruise. They're just gonna cruise. Like yeah, I, don't, I don't get it. I I don't I don't get it. Uh yeah. Uh so uh I'm going Florida in four, you're going Florida in five. Let's head over to the Western Conference. The uh the one eight matchup here for Lauer, the one WC two. Uh you mentioned the Colorado Avalanche, second place in the entire league, first place in the in the uh Western Conference, and had first place in the Western Conference wrapped up, I think, on April Fool's Day. It was freaking ridiculous how long I've had that Z in my stupid Twitter handle. Uh they're going up against Nashville, who are sans UC Soros with a high ankle sprain, and I can't imagine 
you get back from a high ankle sprain right on date if you're a freaking goaltender, right? Like there's there's just too much no. push off that I is could needed. See a situation where he plays game four and they're down three nothing and he's just is not very good. I I don't know, man. The high ankle sprain is like I, a month, month and a half, right? That's yeah. the thing that happens in the NHL. I suppose, but high ankle sprain is a month, month and a half, and we're talking about a goaltender, and you need lateral movement, man. Yeah, I cool. just... Uh, the choir. I just think that we may see it, especially if Riddick's really bad, which is very much on the table. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if, if Saros was in this, I would say that Nashville would have a chance, pause for dramatic effect, to win a game in this series, but uh, they I, I don't. I would go further than that from this perspective. Mm. Uh, weird stuff happens in hockey, and Soros, I think, should get Vesna votes and might be the third nominee. I, th- I, I think, think he is, yeah. I nominee. think it's Sorokin, Shesterkin, and, and Shesterkin wins Sorry. the runaway, yeah, obviously, and Soros. Three S's. Yeah, the big, the three S's yeah. in goaltending. Yeah. Uh, this is an so, absolute... Could, could you see Soros stealing several games in the series? Could you see Soros stealing a series? That's not a super likely outcome, but it's on the table. Is David Riddick doing that? Good God, no. Yeah, I, I've I've got Colorado. I got I got sweep here. I got I got absolute yeah, sweep I, here. I, I, I think they played a. I think they played a only sweep. And did you see uh, Dom Lucision's uh, number crunching on this series? I did not. Did he? And you obviously would done a factoring in of, of Riddick being the goalie. Yeah, with Riddick being the goaltender, he had the Colorado Avalanche as a ninety-two percent favorite to win this series with. Uh, with yeah. Soros out, and he, as I think he high, said that's that. That's as high a number as that that model's ever going to put out there. And yeah, and I think he said it's the it's the most lopsided, uh, it's the most lopsided uh, since in basically the I guess we'd refer to it as the analytics era. This is this is yeah. the most lop, lopsided a series has ever looked. And people are going to look at the fact that Nashville, I think, was three and one against Colorado this year, but they're not going to look at the context of what happened in those games where uh, one of the games was the Colorado Avalanche lost their first line and their top defensive pairing an hour before the game started with COVID and played anyway. And Nashville easily won that game because how do you win that game if you're Colorado, right? Like that's an hour before the game. Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, et cetera, et cetera, all leave the game because of COVID. Uh, The other one uh, was probably the worst in, in in a... Season of awful refereeing decisions. The phantom uh, too many men on the ice penalty in overtime to give Nashville the four on three. And you just don't kill off four on threes in overtime. Uh, And then the third Nashville win was a week ago when the Avs were resting guys. So again, so the one game Nashville played the avalanche with a full lineup, they got dusted like six to two. Regular season history, and we've seen it many, many times over the years, Mm -hmm. means very little. And let me no. bring up my, my Leafs on both examples of that. You know who dominated the Leafs in the regular season in the early 2000s? Late 90s, early 2000s? Just beat them every time? Ottawa the Senators. Ottawa Senators. Ottawa Senators. Yeah. <laughs> the Leafs beat them in the playoffs four times in a row. Mm-hmm. You know who the Leafs have absolutely kicked the tar out of the regular season the last five years? Boston Montreal Bruins. Canadians. Oh, Montreal Canadians, Canadians, yeah. 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 <laughs> And then we saw what happened in the fall, or last uh, last spring rather. 
So it goes both ways. Uh, I would not be counting chickens for anyone. Certainly not this version of the National Predators based on a few regular season results, put it that way. Yeah, but I mean, the hot takes on this one are going to be, I mean, the, the, the talking heads that are going to have the hot takes who are going to be saying like, oh, I don't, you know, because, you know, there's going to be some people who are going to say, Oh, I don't know. I think this Nashville team might give Colorado a little bit of a thing. Their claims are going to be a that they beat that they were three three one on them in the regular season. Two, they've got the second best defenseman in this series, who's masquerading as the best defenseman in this series. And actually, I think he's the third best defenseman in this series in uh, Roman Yossi. And uh, and the fact that for some reason people think this Predators team is heavy. And they're not. They are absolutely not. This Predators team is weak. And they are. This Predators team is weak. I just don't think they're. I just don't think they're that good. Yeah, weak is strong, but they're not heavy. They're not heavy, right? No. If this national team was in the Eastern Conference, they'd have been eliminated from the playoffs a month and a half ago. Yeah. They're a bunch of sissies, and they're a bunch of sissons. And Sissons isn't going to be a factor in this series. So well, no, you know what? Like, you know who? Like they've got some guys that like can can yeah. jam it up a little. Tanner Janot, Matt Duchesne, like, Craig, can, yeah. Matt Duchesne well, in a Matt, career year Janot, can, <laughs> like, can jam it up a little bit. You know, yeah. like there are Nick Cousins obviously can do that. Like there yeah. there are guys, but like it doesn't matter. It doesn't. They just they don't have as many good players as the other team in this series. Yeah, they have no. very, very few good players relative to the other team in this series. Plus, their goalies hurt. They're not going to win the series. They're going to yeah, lose four. Yeah, Saros was their guy, and then that's that's bad. Moving on, your boys, Craig. The Toronto Maple Leafs with home ice advantage uh, for the inevitable Game 7 because the Toronto Maple Leafs just can't not play Game 7s, uh, and neither can the other team that they're playing. So this series is absolutely going seven games. Uh, they get the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions for their liking and for... I don't want to say not tanking the last game, but I guess not tanking better than the Bruins were not tanking <laughs> or however you want to you can only, register you can only, that last the game. The only way you can tank in the yeah. NHL if you're doing a one-game tank, the only way you can tank in the NHL is by scratching as many of your top guys as you can. Mm-hmm. The Leafs scratched their three best players. Yeah. And they won anyway. And the Bruins scratched their the Bruins scratched their the Bruins four scratched their six best players six best I, players yeah I would put forward to you that that was a sign the Bruins wanted Carolina absolutely they would they much rather would have played if you're the Boston Bruins you would much rather have played the Carolina Panthers uh or Hurricanes. sorry the Carolina Panthers Carolina Hurricanes sorry uh missing their uh down to their third yeah, string Anderson, goalie Anderson potentially playing game one. And here's yeah. the thing, if you're the Bruce with Frederick Anderson, you've seen that before. You know how that goes in the playoffs. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we, we know we can get to that guy. Uh, but we're not talking about that series yet. We're talking about your boys going in to Tampa Bay, or Tampa Bay's coming to you uh, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just... And I will say, kudos to the Toronto Maple Leafs, on t- to the fans on Twitter, who are known to be, you know, a little a little out there in terms of the expectations uh, and and their and their takes on the Toronto Maple Leafs present yes. company not with, present company notwithstanding well, the let me self just push, let me the, just push back on that very quickly some yeah. of the Leaf fans on Twitter are just so absurdly pessimistic it's true just a huge fan base so you're gonna get a wide variety mm-hmm. of opinions oh like, everything's like, under the sun the yeah uh, yeah like pessimism like hey let's see this in the playoffs like it's been a great early season cool let's see this in the playoffs that is absolutely mm-hmm. a warranted take to be clear that's not over yeah. pessimistic. 
No, then you know, yeah, and healthy mix of of uh, of exactly what you just said, along with the anytime the Leafs win, it's playing the parade, baby. Uh, you know, along with the obnoxious fuck you guys, anytime you try to criticize, even just you know, well, you know, say things like, about the Leafs. Even, like, and maybe it's just who I'm following. Do we even see the plan the parade thing anymore? Again, like the vast majority of the, the fan base. No, is that's down at this point you know like, true no but that's that's me just but you know there's leafs yeah. guy who who every time they 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 win they're like just get it going baby and it's like or like we're going all the way baby sort of a thing and then you know and then all the way up to whatever the fuck steve Simmons is for god's sake um but I, I will say kudos to the Leafs fan base on on social media for the self awareness of not complaining. Now, big thing is you have home ice advantage this time around, but not complaining about the fact that you should be in a three six matchup. Instead, you're in a two two three matchup or whatever this is with the uh, with, with the two time defending Stanley Cup champions. But the Leafs for the Leafs as a fan base forfeited any right to complain about this bass backwards way of seeding the playoffs last year when they biffed that first round against Montreal and they, it, and the Leafs fans have known that. So kudos to them. I will say that absolute kudos to them. Uh, what do you say about this particular series? Well, here's what I've been saying to people about this series. If <laughs> the, you know, Will Smith from men in black was here and he slapped you in the face and then used his memory <laughs> thing on you. Um, is that already dated? Is that already a dated reference? I think so. <laughs> I think so. The men in black memory thing will hopefully last a little longer. Nonetheless, yeah. uh, and you you could only remember all you could draw information about when you're deciding who's going to win this series was information from the 2021-2022 NHL season. Hmm. All you get your information, and you would see that the Leafs are fourth in expected goals this season. You would see they're better on both special teams. You would see they're deeper on defense. And you would see that, well, Tampa may be slightly deeper at forward. The Leafs, in my opinion, still have clearly the two best forwards in the series. I know that Stamkos and Kucherov are, are, are great players. Of course they are. The, here on May 1st, 2022, the two best forwards in the series play for Toronto. If that is all you could make your assessment on, the only things that happen in this series, in this season. Oh, yeah, Toronto is the guy that scored 60 goals. And he's going to get Selkie votes. Man, that guy is maybe the best player in the world. He should win the heart. You're goddamn right he should win the heart. Absolutely. If that's should. all you can make your information, all you could base on who you're picking to win the series, any sort of piece of logic would say you should pick the Leafs. But every single piece of logic from before October 1st, 2021 would say you should pick Tampa Bay. If the Leafs are going to break out of this mess, this is a hell of a way to do it against a team that has won eight consecutive playoff series. I think this might be the year they find a way to do it. I think that Tampa Bay, and I know they've played pretty well lately, but can they ratchet it up to playoff level, knowing full well that they've had two four-round Stanley Cup runs in the last 18 months? Usually that takes 24 months. Tampa Bay's done it in 18, based on what happened with the bubble. I think that the Leafs find a way this time. This is the best Leaf team of my lifetime by far. Campbell's played a lot better down the stretch here. I think the Leafs squeak this one out, Toronto and seven. Toronto and seven. This was by far, for me, the hardest to pick. Because the Leafs... Would you agree with my assessment that 
the all the information from October 1st, 2021 onwards would say this should be Toronto, and everything from before that would say this should be Tampa Bay. I think you. I think that's more than fair. Uh, I I think it's. I I would 100% agree with you, but unfortunately, that's not the reality we live in, and the reality we live in is that. The Tampa Bay Lightning, for lack of a better term, took some games off this year for those exact reasons that you said, that they've played two playoffs in 18 months. This will be their third in less than three calendar years. They have the best goaltender in this series. Yes. And I don't think that's particularly close. I agree with you that I think you guys have the two best forwards, but I don't think that, with the exception of Matthews, I don't think that, because who who is the Hart Trophy winner, let me say that, I don't think that that's negligible enough for me. I think there's going to be some 7-4 games in this series. I think there's going to be some 2-1 games in this series that are going to be white knucklers. I'm upset, Craig. I'm upset with the Leafs. I'm cheesed. I'm chuffed. I'm angry. Because last season... When we did this, and you said Leafs in five against Montreal, I believe I called you a coward. I believe I straight up called you a coward for not picking the Toronto Maple Leafs in four, who were far and away better than the Montreal Canadiens that year. My, my, my reasoning was Price will steal a game, and he very much stole game one. Yep, fair. Something that happened. I still, I still, I believe should have won game five in overtime. They certainly should have won game six game. Yes. They were not the team, but the Leafs were the better team in the first six games of the series and somehow managed to win three of them. It was, it was beyond me, but I'm, I'm upset, Craig. I'm upset because I was made a fool of by your Maple Leafs. Um, I know I'm having fun here, but I, I got to go the opposite. I think this is a, I'm just going, this series is absolutely going seven games, is it not? I I don't see the world in which this goes. Six minimum. It's going seven, and then I'm just, uh, Vasilevsky is proven to be fucking unbeatable. Not even borderline. Not even borderline. Absolutely unbeatable in game sevens. And I'm I'm going, I'm going. Last one against the Ovechkin Capitals in 2018. Yeah, that was the last time. That was the last time he allowed a goal in a game seven, right? It's something like uh, four straight shutouts or something in game yeah. sevens. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, no. It's... He, he he allowed goals in uh, in one of the game sevens they played in 2020, I believe, and I'm confirming okay. that right now. But e- either uh, way, it's it's just been lights out, right? For so I I just think I I think this series seven history up against Vasilevsky with his game seven history is tough. It yeah. is absolutely very very tough. And I just think um, that. I just think that they we're we're, we're booking for when they won the cup in twenty twenty they didn't play a game seven. Yeah, we're we're I so, we're just I think we're yeah. booking for the Sunshine State battle in uh, in round two. I think I I but I do think this will be the best series of round one, and I don't think it'll be particularly close. I think I think uh, I think it'll be actually the next series we're about to talk about uh, has a chance to be just as entertaining, but um. I'm going Tampa in seven. It is with a heavy heart that I go Tampa in seven because well, I do think this fair. is going to be good. Here's, yeah. here's what I will say. Uh, if the Leafs lose a series to Tampa and it's a tough-fought series, they lose a close game seven, mm-hmm. like, that's not good. But I no. don't think anyone should be saying, well, you got to blow up the team now. Like, you lost the, well, yeah. Eight playoff series in a fucking row. 
Like, yeah, that's and the other thing that I will say is the meme saying, you know, the, the people saying, well, you know, the, the, the Leafs can't game seven or Tampa's only going to need five games, blah blah blah. Nothing about the history of the Leafs tells us this series is going anything other than the maximum. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> the, Leafs, the Leafs, the Leafs do just fine in games one to six. Like, yeah, this version of the Leafs do just fine in games one to six. Game yeah, seven so that's tough. that seventh game is the is yeah. the tough one sometimes. Uh, I will say this. Let me ask you this real quick. Um, it's not going to be a total blow up, but is there something that happens if the Leafs lose in round one and and that moniker stays with them? It depends on how the loss happens. If it's the loss we just described, mm-hmm. game seven, Vasilevsky's awesome and they lose a close game. Nothing big happens. Like there will be some movement just because the salary cap is going to demand it. Yeah. But to me, the the big thing would be one of the the big time four forwards going. And yeah, like Nylander specifically, right? Yeah, Nylander specifically. Goes, it's not going to happen. What people forget from a playoff perspective, he was the best player on either, like the best non-goalie on either team in the series against Montreal was William. Sure Lee. was. Yeah, he scored in like five of the seven games or something five, like that. Five of the seven games, he was he was the best player on either team outside of Price. And yeah. I uh, I don't know what's going to happen now. Uh, if this goes badly, uh, but like, you know, Austin Matthews is going to win the Hart trophy. You're not trading him. Mitch Marner. Like there's no way that he's not the first team all-star right wing postseason all-star for the second year in a row. What are you doing with that? Like you Tavares is your hometown guy. You can miss to come. It's a full no move clause. So yeah, if someone's going, it's Nylander, but uh, it just, it de- like how you react to this has to depend on how it goes. Is if, if it's a, right. It had like yeah. the, the, the the type of loss very much matters here. Put it that way. If t- now uh, darkest timeline, Vasilevsky gets super hot, Leafs lose like four close games and get bumped in yeah. five. What what what's uh that well I just mentioned why you can't trade the first three. So yeah, maybe it is Nylander that goes. Mm. Uh, maybe you're doing some stuff on the defense. I don't know. Anyone you're, Definitely, you're definitely finding a way to try to upgrade the goaltending. So maybe you're trading Nylander to find the cap space to get a better goalie. I don't like that's that's. Uh, I don't want to live in that world though. Let's. <laughs> no, I don't think. Uh, keep in mind, I don't think we will. I predicted Tampa and so I did. I don't. How is this series not going seven? How is it not going seven? Right? Like, uh, nothing happens to Dubis, right? But just based on regardless or. To, to me, the only way something happens to Dubis is if the offense like lights it up and Vasilevsky is doesn't have a great series and the Leafs lose because Campbell was a disaster. Yeah, because bet yeah. a lot on Campbell and Mrazek, and the Mrazek half of that bet's not looking great. No, right? Because he's not going to be out there, and that was the thing that was talked about when he was signed: was Hey, is this guy going to be healthy enough? So if it's if goaltending costs Toronto the series, I'm not sure Dubas loses his job. But that's the bad scenario for him, as far as people saying, "Hey, man, you could have predicted this." Like last year, what happened with Matthews and Marner? No, no I, way. He couldn't have. Obviously with Tavares, like he couldn't have predicted those things, right? No. This year, if it's the goaltending, it's a little bit different that, hey man, you should have maybe done a little bit more about that position. All right. Uh, over to the Western Conference. And hey, I didn't have either of these teams making the playoffs, Craig. We got the Minnesota Wild and a weirdly entertaining Minnesota Wild team uh, going yeah. up against the St. Louis Blues. I remember the reason I didn't have them in the playoffs this year was we didn't know what the fuck was happening with the likes of like Tarasenko and whatnot when the when the season was starting. It looked like they were going to get rid I of him and be fine with or without him. Now say, Tarasenko a fantastic season. Yeah, um, but I thought it was fine. I just think that like this team is deep and good. Like if you're going to yeah. tell me someone other than Colorado wins the West, I'd spend some time thinking about well maybe it's St. Louis. You know, I have St. Louis in six, Craig. 
I, I have, have seen Lewis and Six myself. All right, I I like it because uh, obviously it's no secret I don't like the Minnesota Wild. Don't like them. Can't stand them. Their jerseys are hideous. Their fans are uglier, and they have unlikable guys on the team. Very unlikable. And there's this weird thing where it's like, but talking specifically hockey here, this Wild team's it's a one line team. It's absolutely a one-line team. They've got Kirill Kaprizov and a couple of nice defenders in Dumba and whatnot. But the Blues are deeper and they have more goal scorers. And when push comes to shove, I think they can play heavier than, you want to talk a little old-school hockey, they can play heavier than the Wild, can they not? And by the way, the Wild, are, are they starting Can Talbot? I, I mean, they probably should, right? Like, like we don't I know who they're probably, starting. In. Uh, he, he's played better since Fleury got there, yes. Yeah, like it's it's is it Talbot or Flurry and and Mark Andre Flurry is. I will say this about the Wild's depth issue, which I agree with you, they have one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you match up St. Louis against just about anybody, at least from a forward perspective, and you're going to have a depth issue, certainly in the West. True. I think they have the yeah. deepest. I think they have the deepest group of fours in the conference. I really believe that. I don't like their defense. Really much, over I Colorado? They, I think you think they're one, deeper than Colorado? One, what, what, yeah. Like, Interesting. Colorado has better guys at the top end, to be clear. Mm. But when you're sending out lines three and four, I like St. Louis's group better. Well, I don't know, because, we, well, theoretically we're supposed to, and I don't think we will, because, like, somebody will be out. But Colorado played exactly zero games with a full lineup this year. There was always somebody sure, no, who was out that. with something, I just something, think the St. Right? Louis's forward group is extremely good. Like, they've got Fair. a lot of really good players. And, and they have guys that come over the board that every line that can make stuff happen that are good players. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 defense, defense, the defense is not... Not, a, the, not nearly that to be clear. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Where Minnesota wins this series is the Blues defense is not great and is just yeah. absolutely and we'll horrendous. And Huso's going to be the guy. Huso, by the way, is going to make some money this summer. Absolutely um, he will. The Blues, and the Blues are unlikely to be in the bidding for his services because they owe Jordan Biddington mm-hmm. $6 million until the summer of 2027. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah, that's not looking great right now considering the guy is the backup. Oh, by the way... He's got a no trade. Um, so it's an 18 team no trade list. That doesn't mm-hmm. start to 24, 25, so they can move him now. But yeah, it's uh, it's a situation where that is uh, that is troublesome. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Huso thing, but obviously he's playing for cash. Uh, the deeper they go, the deeper they go, the more cash he's going to get. Um, I'm fascinated to see what happens with St. Louis, but I think they win this series. I think they're the better team. Like you said, I think that they're they're going to have some of their below, like you know, lower down the lineup guys, um, really feast on some less than quality players that Minnesota's putting out there against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does look like Felino is going to be playing through this busted knee that he has uh, from that last game with Colorado, which was interesting. I'll be honest, I didn't watch a second of that hockey game because why i saw the mcdermott hit uh i'm all for tossing guys when they do knee for knee regardless of intention or outcome but uh i didn't think that was intentional people were claiming he stuck the leg out and i'm like no his body's sideways when he like he's trying to hit him with his shoulder and his body's sideways and just disaster disaster struck but yeah it is what it is. I don't know. Uh, moving on from that one, we both have St. Louis and six. I am... All right, uh, Eastern Conference, the other one seed, the Carolina Panthers get WC1. 
the Boston Bruins, who uh, won or lost in their final day in order to avoid the Toronto Maple Leafs. We have, I mean, not exactly a stellar goaltending matchup. It's Swayman and versus. It's it's just I think it not. Allmark for one. Yeah, is it Allmark? It's Allmark and Swayman versus you know whoever and and like what was it Mark Mark Donk and Buzz Flibbit for the uh, for the for for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I mean it's a tough one. Bruins do that thing sometimes, and Carolina is the exact sort of team they could kind of do that thing against. I just think this Carolina team is a little bit too deep, and they can play just as heavy as Boston can. Sometime I'm I'm gonna go Carolina, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say six. What do you think? I'm going the other way. I'm saying Bruins and six. Ooh, all right. I think they're better. They might be. I, I mean, I, I legitimately think they're just better. Um, I don't trust the Hurricanes goaltending at all. Uh, Bruins and six. Doesn't isn't this if you, if you had to guess? Because there's always one first round series, Craig, that has like three or four overtimes. Is this not the series this, that has? This could be the. Yeah, where like it's two two a bunch of times going in, and then Marshawn gets one, and then Sebastian Ajo gets one the next night, sort of a thing. And it's just like when it's all said and done, this is this is the one, right? Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention about this one? Bit this for the overtime series, Penguins Rangers. Yeah, pretense potentially. We'll, we'll get to them in a second. Let's over to the West, the uh, the other one seed against the other WC one. We got the Calgary Flames going up against the Dallas. Uh, stars who weirdly got this slot. It was somewhat ironic that Daryl Sutter and Calgary obviously went out there on that Wednesday night game against Nashville, Craig. I think it was Wednesday earlier, whatever night it was last week against Nashville and said, hey, we're going to be playing these guys in the first round. So um, let's go out there and send them a message that uh, they're going to be getting it every game when they come out there. And uh, and they, they, they went out there with every intention of softening up uh, Nashville for their first round matchup, including taking out UC Saros. And uh, yeah, here they are with a Dallas team that's got a couple of 40 goal scorers on it, but uh, not much else. This Dallas team is not deep. And the names on this team, your Jamie Benz, uh, your Tyler Sagans have not played well and uh, look borderline washed at times this season this is the only team that made the playoffs with a negative goal differential in eight uh i thought briefly about uh ottinger who has been very good for the dallas stars perhaps stealing one of the home games but ultimately i settled on the what i believe will be the third sweep of the first round i have calgary in four craig i think they're i think they're two I i think they're i think they're deeper and heavier you got Calgary in five? I, I, they're definitely deeper, but yeah, I've got Flames in five. Yeah. Flames, I believe, are I, I, money pucks. Uh, gets one. Yeah. Ottinger gets one. Like, that's it. Like, it's just, yeah. like, Flames the Flames in five. Like, the, the Dallas team is not particularly good. And, and you no. know the, the thing Flames have going for them? And there's a few things the Flames have going for them. Their top line is one of the best, two or three best lines in the league. So there's that. Um... And, you know, Kachuk, Goodrow, and and Lindholm. Like, they've been phenomenal. Uh, they've been absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, but th- their defense, it goes six deep of guys that you trust. Yeah. And the pairings have basically been the same pairings all year. 
Like it's 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 a good group, and I think that they're they're going to have guys that they they feel good about being out there, you know, on a pretty regular basis against even Dallas's top players. So yeah, I think that uh, I think that Calgary wins this series in five games. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, is this this Dallas team is not that dissimilar in terms of makeup? to the Colorado Avalanche team of 2019 that the Flames lost two and five though, right? Where it was like, yeah, the, but the uh, good, I, I good goaltender, good, go, like, or a goaltender playing really well, one line that scores a lot of goals. And then you just kind of keep it together. That would be the only scenario I can see for, for, an, for an upset, right? A lot better now than it was during that series. It sure was. Mark Cause that was a believe that was a Mike that Smith was a Mike year, Smith right? Series. Yeah, Mark yeah. was a lot better than that version of Mike Smith. A lot yeah. better. I mean, Calgary start. Calgary just doesn't have a ton of star power. And does Johnny well, regular season? I don't know that first line. Like, like when I was doing my end of season awards ballot, and like mm-hmm. Goodrow is for sure first team left wing. Yeah. Like, there's a couple of guys you could submit for first team right wing, but I think it's got to be Kachuk. I can't remember who it was, but there's somebody on the internet who there's some there's an analytics guy on the internet who breaks down um, what is considered a quote unquote star player, and um, and then calculates how many star players teams have based on guys who are actual star players and who are having a career year that is making you look like a star player. And Calgary, I think, had the fewest uh, in the Western Conference. Um, based on this guy's metrics i, I wish i like, could say i, I, have, a, I, would, I have a hard time with like how how is goodrow not a star how is kachuk goodrow is one of them though like, like it was goodrow and goodrow and kachuk were the two guys by this guy's met it was goodrow and kachuk by this guy's metrics yeah i want to say lindholm's having the best year he's gonna have he's in between mm-hmm. two elite guys like sure but mm-hmm. i i don't know goodrow's still the best play, like Goodrow's better than Jason Robertson, obviously. Goodrow's the best player in the series. We'll see what things are like yeah. in the playoffs for him. But yeah, is it Johnny regular season, which is a joke yeah. I've been making for most of the season because we'll that has happened goes. before. But yeah. like, as far as like when he's on the ice, like Kachuk is not going to be intimidated by the situation, no matter what the situation is. Very true. So, very yeah. very true. Like, like you know, Dallas could win this series if things go their way. All the stuff, yeah, fine. But like Calgary on paper is just significantly better. This Dallas team is not oh, particularly yeah. good. Like no, they're, they're awful. not as good as Vegas. Even the unhealthy version of Vegas we saw, you could put together a pretty good argument that Dallas is better or worse than that version. Yeah, um, they're they're probably worse than the Canucks. Like certainly mm-hmm. the Boudreaux version of the Canucks, right? Yeah. Like I just I I I don't think there's a lot to be said about this Dallas team. So. Give me the Flames. I like, you know, obviously, if you told the Flames before this started that Soros wasn't going to play, they would have rather faced Nashville. But if you yeah. told them two weeks ago, you get Dallas in round one, they'd have been just fine with that. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Soros, we'll see what happens. Even if they flip both things, I don't think it would have changed my my attitude much on the Flames and the Avalanche, right? So I, I just, yeah. Um, last matchup, two three, the Metropolitan two three. We got the New York Rangers. Facing off against the Pittsburgh Penguins. A nice little old-school matchup. Shesterkin going up against Crosby and company. This was a tough one. I'm going to say... I'm going to say New York in seven, Greg. I'm going to say this, this goes seven. one for me. I, well, 
maybe not the toughest one for me because I spent a lot of time thinking about the Leaf series. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the one that I, I had to think about the longest outside of the Leaf series, and I'm going to say Penguins in six. Uh, okay. I, this is a tough one because it's... Like, the, you're, you're, you're making the pick based on... Which is a completely logical, to be clear. You're mm-hmm. making the pick based on Stark and Steals a couple of games. Because if I told you... If yeah. I tell you both teams have the same save percentage in the series, who do you think wins the series? Pittsburgh, absolutely. And that's the thing. Is yep. Jari gonna... Jari's had a nice little resurgent year. Yep. But After we what saw what the hell... Last year, it was really bad. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't think he'll be that bad again. Now, if he, he can be better than that, and Pittsburgh can still lose this series. But mm-hmm. I think that... Uh, like, Jari, to be clear, is going to miss the start of the series, so it's going to be Casey DeSmith. And DeSmith's actually been True. okay. Uh, yes, he has, um, he has some solid games there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how the series goes at the start, and maybe DeSmith winds up starting the whole series. I just, like, Pittsburgh's going to have the puck a lot more than the Rangers yeah, will. Yeah, I am. Mean, like, you're right. The Corsi in this should be pretty one-sided. Yeah, yeah. And if we look at the, <sighs> talked about the Toronto-Tampa Bay series, if you're picking the guys that have been there before and have been through the wars and understand what this is all about, uh, Pittsburgh has a ton of those guys, not so much on the New York side. Yeah, you're talking. You're you're convincing me a little bit here. I, I still think I'm going to go because this series seems like it's got seven written all over it, and then I'm just going to go with the hot goaltender in his own building in Game Seven. Um, but yeah, you're making some great points. That exactly how and here's the thing, long the, the, are the, the, the Rangers going to have the, the puck for this year? Like. The, the save percentage in this series may be widely different. And if it is, the Rangers are going to win. Because if the save percentage in this series is widely different, uh, well, if, if, if Pittsburgh has a save percentage edge in this series that's widely different, mm-hmm. this is going four. Um, but if it's widely different, the Rangers could, could win the series at five. I just think that the they can they can find a way to keep it close. Pittsburgh like guys who have been there before, and Pittsburgh can have way more of the puck. So give me the Penguins. And, God, the Rangers did not score a ton of goals this year. They were, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. They have problems scoring the scoring on a regular basis mm-hmm. when their big dudes are not out there. Yeah, and, and you think about it, this is this is the exact same Pittsburgh team last year that easily should have won a first round series, but they, Tristan Jari kept Seattle, letting Seattle in floaters from the point, seven. right? Yeah, yeah. got to game seven against Tampa. They played a very good series against Tampa. This mm-hmm. Penguins team fed it to the Islanders. Like yeah. Absolutely, and but it was just Jari was letting in floaters from the point. Exactly. Right? Like, if that doesn't happen, Pittsburgh easily wins the series. Easily yeah. wins the series. So like the, maybe the Islanders hit a gear in round two against Boston or or, or against uh, or against against Tampa in round three, whatever it was. Fine. But an Islander team that was a game away from the Cup final, the Penguins absolutely smoked them a year yeah. ago, if not for awful goaltending like that. Like I, I still think I just think the Crosby and Malkin still have that gear, and they haven't gone deep in the playoffs like Tampa has the last couple of years. So maybe they're a little more, a, more, a little more able to sort of ratchet it up to that gear. But I so give me give me Crosby and, and Malkin and those guys. Like I said, if the Rangers' big guns are not putting the puck in the net, it becomes difficult for the Rangers to to score on a regular basis. So if it's not Panarin or Kreider, like. They have sometimes they have a difficult time, right? So we'll see what winds up happening. Uh, but I uh, and like I said, I, I spend some time thinking about the series. But I'm going Penguins in six. All right. So we disagree on a couple of these. This is good. This is good. That's what I like to see. We actually disagree on three of them. Um, last up, and perhaps I should have chose a different order, Craig, because what do you say about the NHL, where they're 
quote-unquote best player and most marketable player is in what is obviously and unequivocally the least interesting series of the first round. Oh my god, no, like this if McDavid isn't in this series, I don't why would you even watch this? This is this there's there's no storylines. I mean, I guess it's the Gretzky Bowl, maybe you would call this, but Yeah, maybe. Uh, but that's no, stretching Oilers, it a Oilers little bit, in, right? Oilers in five for me. Oilers in five. You got Oilers in five? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Oilers in six. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give here's, it. In, yeah. Here's what to watch in this series. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of talk, and quite fairly, to be clear, like, like I, this is a a very reasonable point for media mm-hmm. and fans to bring up after the series. There was a lot of talk that that Connor McDavid didn't draw a single penalty in that Winnipeg series, which went only yes. four games, had a lot of long overtimes and all that stuff. There was a lot of talk mm-hmm. about how Connor McDavid did not draw a single penalty in any of those four games, which, I, like, some people would say that's whining. I do not believe that to be the case. I think it's an entirely no. reasonable and fair thing for the media and fans to bring up. Uh, yeah. I'm fascinated to see how Connor McDavid gets officiated in this series. Yeah, based on based on what we saw last year. Officiating Connor McDavid, he's drawing a penalty every couple of shifts. Mm-hmm. Right. It so, it was we'll it was bad last year. It was it was like it, like if there was ever a gambling scandal in the NHL uh, amongst referees, and you know, obviously, we hope that there never is. We want gambling on sports to continue for forever. But if there ever was, that would be the first series i would think of right i'd be like hey you remember that series when winnipeg beat the oilers for nothing and Connor mcdavid drew exactly no penalties the entire like all four games you know there were three overtime games in that series by the way yeah 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 yeah. so it's not like well mcdavid does or doesn't draw a penalty wouldn't have changed the outcome i know when it went a sweep it seems that way but Mm -hmm. he draws one penalty per game and maybe the oilers are up three one after game four you know like i'm not saying that would have been the case i think it's just reasonable for edmonton fans and, and, and look, no one likes mocking the Oilers media more than me. It's one of my favorite <laughs> hobbies on the whole internet. They're not uh, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm looking forward to uh, why uh, several members of the Oilers media just forget to write down the name Austin Matthews on their heart ballot. That'll be fascinating stuff. Uh, when that comes up, uh, I think they're going to pull well, the Montreal circa Jerome McGinley 2002, but we'll see. Maybe. Uh, the, only, the only thing I could argue would be... You could say that the best player in the world, Connor McDavid, had a career high in goals and points. Yep. Therefore, no, 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 no. no. Uh, here, here, right? no here's what I think happens, Pierce. I yeah. think that if you want to say, if, if someone writes down one Connor McDavid, two Austin Matthews, fine. Like, that's not how I would do it. I think it should be the other way. But Me neither. Like, whatever. Yeah. We can talk about that. I think you're going to see some people in the Edmonton media pull a 2002 Montreal media. When they when none of them had Jerome McGinley in the top five. Well, m- many of them didn't have Jerome McGinley in the top five. Mm. because they didn't want him getting any vote points. I think you may see the same thing happen here where yeah. not that, not that Matthews isn't listed first that you can make an argument for. You're going to see ballots where Matthews name isn't on it at all. Yeah. You you might be right about that. That'll be fascinating. If that yeah. happens. Well, yeah. And, and look, the fact that people are watching for it and the ballots are public, maybe that's going to be something that, that persuades these mm-hmm. guys not to do that. But there were a bunch of Montreal ballots in 2002 because they wanted Jose Teodoro to win the heart that didn't mm-hmm. have Joe McGinley's name on them, which was into fucking fensible. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely um, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But like I said, no one makes fun of mocking the, no one likes to mock the Edmonton media more than me. But when they said Connor McDavid didn't draw a single penalty in this series, what the hell? 
that is was a completely reasonable point for them to make. Completely reasonable. I mean, we're staring at some pretty good uh, second round matchups here. I mean, when it's all said and done, I, I think the NHL, if they could pick the teams out of a hat or pick the things out of a hat, I'm pretty sure they would want that Battle of Alberta in round two, right? Oh, God, yes. And then they would well, want, unfortunately. Unfor- like, now, if you told the NHL it's actually going to be Kings versus Stars, they'd be a little annoyed. But you know who's yeah. really annoyed? The people over at Rogers. Yeah, right, yeah. I, I would say, yeah. And then, so yeah, obviously they want that Battle of Alberta round two, and we're all praying that we get too. that. Like, yeah, we're all, we're all praying we get that. Yeah, we're yeah. all playing. We get a battle of Alberta. One was the last one. I think so. And uh, we were robbed of it last year when the Flames were just bad last year and missed the Canadian yeah. missed missed it in the in the Canadian division, right? Because they were trying to set up Habs Leafs, which they got for the first time forever, and then Flames Oilers. That 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 was their money for the Canadian division, and it just never happened. Uh, and then I would say that the second round matchup the NHL wants needs. Unfortunately, it doesn't include the Toronto Maple Leafs, Craig. It would be that Florida-Tampa-Sunshine uh, State matchup in round two. That would be uh, that would be choice uh, yeah, they, for they, them. Now, yes, and like if you're the NHL, do you not want the Leafs? You know, it would be it would well it would be yes from the American market perspective, no from the money making perspective. I guess right, like but, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see, like. Now, that being said, a Leafs Panthers second round series like that would still yeah. do pretty good. That yeah. still that's actually good. that's actually interesting if we could get all the NHL uh, executives in in there and fill them up with true serum and then ask them, yeah, you know, what, which you of prefer? these would you like more? Yeah, would you like Florida Leafs or Florida Tampa? And the fact that they're probably going to get either one of those, they're fine with. But like, I, I'd, I'd be curious as to see who they would value. Uh, I think they'd say lightning because the Leafs are just always going to be there for them, right? As far as money and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, like you it, know, it you get the first Leafs run in forever. It, 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 like yeah, that would be an interesting one. Is, is who, do, who, do the, who does the league actually want to win the series? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, is there any like obvious? Like even the Rangers Penguins series. Like I don't even know if that's obvious. Like yep. the Rangers are obviously yep. their biggest franchise, but like the yep. Penguins are the Penguins, right? Like they're going to get eyeballs. So. Yep, I they'd be cool with be either fair. one of those. I think they'd prefer they, they Rangers would, and they Bruins. The Bruins. Yeah. Want, yeah that, I, that might be the series they care the most about is they'd want the Bruins. Yeah, I would because say so. Because that guarantees you either Pittsburgh-Boston or New York-Boston around two. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, uh, what, what they'd care about the most is they want the Bruins the most out of anybody. Water gun to your head, Craig. Who wins the Stanley Cup? Uh... You're not going to like my answer. Throw it up there. Colorado Avalanche. Oh, wow. Why wouldn't I like that? That's the team I cheer for. No, I mean. Is about me jinxing the team? That's all. No, I can't. I, I mean, I know that we as hardcore sports fans want to think that jinxes exist in real life but they don't whatever we say on this podcast no, unfortunately has no bearing whatsoever because if it did 
the Leafs and Avs would be playing in the Stanley Cup Finals every year, and you and I would just be trading off year and year for like, and it just doesn't go down like that, unfortunately. But yes, thank you, Craig, because I too am going to say that the fucking Colorado Avalanche get this done and 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 get the win, barring unforeseen circumstances. Because I think not only do you have a very talented Colorado Avalanche team, I think you're going to have a very pissed off Colorado Avalanche team because this is. Uh, I'm, I'm knock on wood. I think this is their version. What happened to them with Vegas last year and getting a little bit embarrassed in that four game, what, what was essentially a sweep at the hands of the, the Vegas golden Knights who are not here, by the way, I had my, uh, I had, I had the clip saved for what I thought was inevit- inevitably going to be the Western conference finals of, uh, the Colorado avalanche and the Vegas golden Knights. I had the clip from scrubs saved on, on my phone, Craig of Dr. Cox and Laverne's church choir going, payback is a bitch, uh-huh, payback is a bitch. Like, I had that lined up, thinking we were going to get some payback. And they don't even fucking show up in the playoffs this year. And I think this is going to be their version of the the Lightning after they got, they were the President's Trophy winner, and they weirdly well, got swept by Columbus. And let me, let me tell you, like, so yeah. I, I, let's, let's reference the Dark Knight for a second. Yeah. When we had the line, the night is darkest before the dawn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year for the Leafs was the darkest. <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah, the Montreal Canadiens. Tampa Bay for sure. 2018 against Columbus was uh, 2019 rather against Columbus was the darkest than the dawn. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. 2011 Bruins. People forget. You know what happened to the 2011 Bruins the year before they won the Stanley Cup? They had a three nothing series lead against Philadelphia, and they lost that series. R- wasn't that four? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was three nothing, right? Yeah. And then the, and then they were up three nothing in that series, and they yeah. lost that series. Who got back for the? Someone got back for the Flyers after Game Three, and then the series flipped on its ass that year. I don't uh, remember who it was. That might have been Savard going out for Boston. I'll have to think about that series for a second. But, was it? Uh, I, yeah, yeah Savard had one of the OT goals. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a few examples over the years mm-hmm. of the night is dark before the dawn. You know, Pittsburgh losing to Washington, or Washington losing to Pittsburgh again in 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there would have been some Caps fans that would have thought, you know, this might be the end of the road for the Ovechkin era. Maybe we're not going to win with this guy. And then they do. Mm-hmm. So there have been a few examples in hockey over the yeah. years where the night is darkest before the dawn. And Colorado has a dark situation last year, and so does Toronto. Mm-hmm. A lot of people um, predicting that as a Stanley Ed, Cup finals. I've seen that in more than one, Ed, more, Ed, in more Ed, than Ed, one Ed, thing. And here's the thing with the Leafs. Like, you either think they're going to lose to Tampa or look the hell out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if they get over that hump, who knows how this goes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there were a lot of teams that sort of had that dark experience. Or there are a couple of teams that had that dark experience. Like, Edmonton getting swept? Like, yeah, that was, that's a, another that one. was a little less high stakes. But, like, the point stands where there were some teams mm-hmm. that had some bad experiences. And then they took those bad experiences and wound up going on a run because of them. We'll see if that's something that the Leafs and Avalanche can do this year. Here's open. Uh, let's talk about the Jays for two seconds before we get in here. Has there been a team that has been this fun for the Toronto Blue Jays in our lifetimes? Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, every single piece of analysis would tell you that uh, the team is... They're not even hitting good. well. <laughs> yeah. yeah team's getting lucky, but then you appeal... Let's peel back the curtain just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're... If your name is not Vlad or George, you're not hitting particularly well. Also, yeah. here's like they haven't lost a series yet, and they're yeah. just playing Six the Red Sox and Astros. 
They're playing the Red Sox and Astros over and over and over again. And, like, those two teams are not off to gangbuster starts, perhaps because they've been playing the Blue Jays over and over and over again, you know? Like, yeah. So we'll and those are two teams that are going to be in the world, the playoffs slash World Series conversation, one would think. Maybe maybe the Red Sox tail off, but the Astros aren't. Yeah. Like, that's a that's yeah. a tough team. It's not like another team from the American League East who's been playing Baltimore and Detroit over and over again, you know? And Kansas City, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and Kansas City. The Jays are 15-8, and eight, and Bo Bichette's OPS heading in today, and he had a big home run today, was 58. Yeah. 58. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Teoscar Hernandez, the third best hitter on the team, well, but, but an important dude, was hitting pretty mm-hmm. well, and all of a sudden he gets hurt after six games, you know? Yeah. So they're missing him, too. So, like, maybe Santiago Espinel normalizes a little bit, but he looks like he's, you know, legitimate. Alejandro Kirk mm-hmm. looks absolutely lost at the plate. Absolutely lost yeah. the plate. So, like, this team's been hitting like garbage, and they've been hitting like garbage with runners on, which is also important. Mm-hmm. And they're 15 and 8. Yeah. 15 and 8 is pretty f- good. And you figure the bats will normalize, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would think the, the bats are definitely, you would think, are going to normalize. Now, you might look at this and say, hey, wait a minute. Is Kevin Gosman going to be the best starter in the American League the entire year? And then Maybe. you think to yourself, hey, wait, hold on a second. Like, there's there's a chance that is the case, yes. So, yeah. like, yeah. And, well, if he hasn't been the best starter in the American League this season, it's been Alec Manoa. So, yeah, you know, it's been one of those two dudes. So we'll see where this goes and what situation's like, but they're in a good spot. Uh, they're going to need to fortify the bullpen, though, only because I'm really worried they're going to wreck Jordan Romano's arm. Yeah, the way, yeah with the with the it's leverage. <laughs> And he's got been, 30 saves, and they've only played 20 games. So how is yeah. that even possible? So, so <laughs> like, it's, multiple saves in, in, in a yeah. game? Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's, would you yeah. care to venture what Kevin Biggio's OPS Plus is? Uh, uh, 100 <laughs> again is average for OPS Plus, if you don't know. I'm going to say point, I'm gonna say point three something may in I, that range. May I present to you that, again, 100 is average, minus 18. Oh, mercy. <laughs> that is a lot of plate appearances for a guy with a minus 18. Bradley he's Zimmer. not a major leaguer. He's not yeah. a major leaguer. And like the one skill that he has, it's major league count. Like he can play a bunch of positions and that's cool. But the one skill yeah. he has the plate that, that at, at the plate that's major league caliber is pitch recognition. He, he can recognize off speed stuff and wait on it and take a bunch of walks. Right. Uh, teams have realized that's his skill and they're just pumping it with fastballs and he can't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. that you would think is something that they'll just continue to do. Uh, Bradley Zimmer also sitting with a minus 18 OPS plus. And those guys are taking a lot of at bats mm-hmm. for dudes that have been absolutely awful at the plate. So we'll see what happens. It's hey, Oscar uh, gets back. Those guys yeah. lose some at bats, obviously. Yeah, that, they, they that definitely helped. do. Was... Danny Jansen, meantime, his OPS plus. Again, he only played three games, but in those three games, he hit 571 with two homers. Uh, yeah. Danny Jansen's OPS plus is 527, <laughs> which makes him the greatest baseball player in the history of time. Sadly, yeah. Sample sizes do not count for this. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's weird because, like, we, we had the 2015 year with Donaldson and Encarnacion and. Uh, uh, Batista, obviously, and that that's been the most fun year of recent memory as as a Jays fan, obviously. But we didn't. That team didn't get off to a hot start. That team was fifty and fifty 
with a third of the season left and then went on that tear. So that was when people people didn't start falling in love with that team until there were only 60 games left in the season, right? And this team just right out the gate has been just has the city's and has just, the city and dare I say it the country's attention right now just with these like white knuckle wins and insane comebacks and and walk-offs because like there's been a couple of games this year where it's like all right we're down 6-2 not our night and then all of a sudden it's like Romano coming out for the save up 8-7 and it's like all right you know (laughs) and yeah and Uh, yeah I will say this about the way that the the the, the chips are falling run differential wise Mm -hmm. last year according to the baseball reference Pythagorean win-loss system The Blue Jays, who had 846 runs for and allowed 663, you know, pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's basically the exact model they point at in that one season, uh, in that one scene in Moneyball, where they're like, we need that many and we need to allow that many and we'll make the playoffs, right? right? Yeah. Uh, So typically that would work. Instead, they won 91 (laughs) games as opposed to 99. Yeah. So... I in, I sort of refer to it. I know it's dated because we don't use the penny anymore. But a take a penny, leave a penny situation. And the Blue mm-hmm. Jays have they left eight pennies last year, <laughs> and now they have a better roster and they're here to collect those eight pennies at the very same time. So yeah. we might look back on this April, and I know they played a game in May to get to fifteen and eight. But we may look back on this April and say, "Wow, they played like junk that month, and they won fifteen ball games anyway." And now they're doing that on a pretty regular basis every month, or not winning 15, but like you know, yeah. winning two thirds of their ball games every month. You know, like if <laughs> so, like there's a chance we look back on this April as man, they didn't play particularly well, but they still managed to win a bunch of games. And we look back on that in September and think, oh, that's why they're not in a race right now, and they're in first place by seven games because they got some luck in April. So yeah, we'll see. Um, and that, yeah, and but also got some luck and didn't play scrub teams other than that three game set against the Rangers, right? Like, yeah, that's true. But did, that's true. yeah, did not play scrub teams. Yeah. Yep. So uh, now we've got a three-game set against the New York Yankees coming up, which will tell us a little bit something. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and the current pitching matchups for the first game are Montgomery and Stripling. So you know, not yeah, it's yeah, it. none of the none of the, the four best pitchers on both of those teams will not be participating yeah. in this three-game well, series. Manoa, Manoa, Manoa pitches in game True. Two. Yeah, Manoa's going to pitch one. Actually, you're right. So one of the four best pitchers in the series will be participating in the series, but uh, no Cole, you no know, Severino. Don't know who New York starting in game uh, um, in, in game three at this point, but the point stands where they're in. Uh, well, we'll, 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 like we'll see what happens against New York this weekend and see what it's like. But after yeah. what happened with New York. All of a sudden, we're talking about Cleveland for a little while. And mm-hmm. we're talking about Cincinnati. I know there's a race here yep. in there. We're talking about the Angels. And we're talking about the Royal. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. oh, all of a sudden, you know, not until the uh, middle of June do you realize, wait a minute, the Jays have 19 games left against the Baltimore Orioles, who are losing on purpose. Their first one is June 13th. So they might be able to collect a few wins from that particular spot. So uh, th- to me, you should be nothing less than thrilled if you're a Jays fan because the roster is playing below expectation and you're still 15 and eight. Yeah, it's it's good. The, the best April start since that Travis Snyder, Cito Gaston year. And we all yeah. remember how that how that and were, ended up. That one, we're playing junk teams and then it went on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was a bad year. So Manoa <laughs> is, is the best. Again, this is before today's game. Manoa has 1.1 wins above replacement. 
Um, is he eligible for second, baseball as a rookie of the year, right? Is he eligible yes, for rookie of the year? He pitched too much last year. Ah. Uh, Spring, Springer is second with uh, 0.9 wins above replacement. I'm, I would think that's going to go up based on what happened uh, today. Uh, that, yeah, jeez. Would you care to guess who's third on the Toronto Blue Jays and wins above replacement so far this season? It's, it's, it's not Gaussman? No, it's not Gaussman. Like, that, that, today's Gaussman start is not factored in. Uh, I'm going to guess Santiago once, once Espinal. Is, that's correct, yes. Once Gaussman yeah. starts today is factored in, he'll be, he will be probably above Springer, too. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's the, that's the situation we're in. So Yeah, Santiago Espinal. And yeah. Zach Collins has weirdly given us some... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Danny Jansen, by the way, put up 0.4 war in those three games we were talking about earlier. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. He was terrible. <laughs> off baseball. Uh, he sure so, yeah, was, we'll yeah. With, uh, with the Jays going forward here, but again, you should be nothing but thrilled if you're a Jays fan based on yeah. the roster is play- like the roster is be- a lot better than they've shown, and they're still winning two-thirds of their ball games. Yeah, should be great. Uh, anyway, that'll be it for us. Crossover Podcast available at crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. Please rate and subscribe, five stars only. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please check us out on those and leave us a review on uh, any of those particular outlets. Uh, and as always, uh, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. That'll be it for this week. We'll probably be back. Blah, blah, blah. We'll probably be back early next week uh, to discuss the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which debuts on uh, uh, Thursday, Friday this week. So uh, we'll probably be back and I'll have a couple guys on the other side of this podcast to uh, break down that one, which should be a lot of fun. You're going to try to get out and see that one this week, Craig? Or... Uh, we'll see. I've got... Uh... It's tough with the playoffs on now i might yeah, have to try yeah, to go to like a I, I might have to try to go to like a matinee or something i might like see if i can get bring th- like the kid with me or something i don't know <laughs> gotta figure it out but uh should be a lot of fun looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun been avoiding trailers for this one because they after that super after the spoilers they had in that super bowl spot for the for the multiverse i was like why would you show this to me <laughs> right like I was, I was so i was so upset by that and if you haven't seen it i won't bring it up because it, it upset me greatly that they gave that away in, in a fucking trailer uh yeah anyway that'll be it uh for us this week uh craig as always fun doing this uh take care everybody and we'll talk to you next time on the crossover podcast